This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the December 1st, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. I'm going to bypass the quick hitters and moving on today and focus on one topic. It may seem boring, censorship, but it's been kicking around in my head for a few days, and I want to concentrate on it. Let's start with an example. The Supreme Court recently decided Dobbs, the abortion case that effectively overruled Roe v. Wade and handed abortion decisions back to the states. The Supreme Court said they had no authority to be involved and never should have been involved. Some accused the court of being an activist court for saying they should not be active in that area. Let that sink in. Let us imagine after the Dobbs ruling that the following happened at a conservative law firm. Lawyers were invited to join a conference call to discuss the Dobbs Supreme Court ruling. And as one would expect at a conservative law firm, many were happy and giddy. Or at least they were complimentary of the Supreme Court reasoning that supported this decision. But one lone person on the call said they did not think the Supreme Court should have overruled Roe v. Wade. It had been settled law for 50 years. Further, the lawyer supported the right to privacy that formed the foundation for Roe v. Wade. She said, and I think this is true, that just because the Constitution specifies some rights, it does not limit rights to those rights that are enumerated. And remember, all were invited to this discussion of the abortion decision. This was not a company meeting on bonuses or how to handle cases, and someone started talking abortion. The meeting was specifically intended as a discussion on the abortion decision. The lawyer, in my view, had a right to voice her opinion. Ah, but remember, in our example, this is a conservative law firm, and others' lawyers felt they could not breathe after hearing her views. They called her views radical. The lawyer was suspended and then fired. You likely are saying, no way, that could not happen. You're right. This is a conservative law firm, and most people on the right don't retaliate at others for their political views. But let's look at a real-life example explained by my favorite lawyer, no offense to lawyers in my family, Jonathan Turley, in a piece titled, Welcome Consequences, Hogan Lovell Fires Partner for Voicing Her Views on the Dobbs Decision. Per Mr. Turley, a lawyer, Robin Keller, quote, was fired because she exercised free speech in an internal meeting on the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson's women's health, end quote. Robin Keller, quote, expressed her support for the opinion and concern about higher rates of abortion in the black community, end quote. Similar to my imaginary example at a conservative law firm, quote, a participant complained that she could not breathe and others called her a racist, end quote. Jonathan Turley uses an op-ed that Robin Keller wrote, but also comments in very left-leaning legal groups. Mr. Turley says there seems to be basic agreement on the underlying facts. In fact, Mr. Turley relays comments by a Catherine Rubino who wrote a column on the subject. Mr. Turley says she expressed disbelief that, quote, a white partner who attended Ho Love's women's meeting felt it appropriate to chime in with her support of this Dobbs decision, end quote. And Catherine Rubino also celebrated the lawyer's firing for sharing her opinion. 
Here is the money line from Mr. Turley's article. Quote, lawyers at the firm demanded the firing of Keller and said that they were traumatized by having to hear someone defend the decision on a call to allow people to discuss the decision, end quote. Let me read that again for you. At a law firm where lawyers were asked to discuss this very topic, quote, lawyers at the firm demanded the firing of Keller and said that they were traumatized by having to hear someone defend the decision on a call to allow people to discuss the decision, end quote. I spent two pages on this, and you might say it is just one stupid law firm without guts or intelligence. Maybe, but I think not. In the fight against myths and disinformation, what criteria are used to identify them? You would think false information or created wrong information. The facts do not support that. For example, one story that the media spread was the Russian collusion story, which turned out to be fake news. It seems the criteria is speech I don't like, not speech that is not true. I agree that Donald Trump peddled misinformation or disinformation about the election. I think he legitimately complained about massive changes to election laws enacted without legislative approval. If he had stopped there, he would have been correct. But he pushed theories unsupported by facts. But why censor him if we are not going to censor other stories not supported by facts? One story that was not censored for misinformation disinformation was the slogan, Hands Up, Don't Shoot, from the shooting by a police officer of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. If I say this incident was misinformation, will you be offended? Well, be offended. It was misinformation. The incident happened in August of 2014. By March of 2015, the Washington Post had a fact check piece by Michelle Yee-Hee Lee titled, Hands Up, Don't Shoot, Did Not Happen in Ferguson. The narrative was that Michael Brown had his hands up and said, don't shoot as the officer shot him. The grand jury did not support that narrative. The DOJ investigated and said the narrative did not happen. Feelings are more important than facts to some, so LA Rams players would hold their hands up in support. Congressional Black Caucus members spoke in the House of Representatives and held up their hands. It became a national rallying cry. Did Twitter or Facebook censor it? Nope. How did this narrative get started? Per the investigation, one person said it and others copied it. Folks who were identified as having witnessed hearing it told investigators they did not hear it, but rather heard others say it and repeated it. A read of this article, and there are others, leaves me with the impression that hands up, don't shoot was like the election was stolen. FYI, that could be Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton, or Donald Trump, but especially Trump. They want to believe it, but there is no evidence. One was labeled misinformation, one was enshrined. Twitter owner Elon Musk was criticized by some for recently saying hands up, don't shoot was debunked. Don Lemon said Musk's comments lack context because the DOJ did find evidence of systemic racism in the Ferguson Police Department. There may have been ongoing systemic racism, and go after it. But if the question is hands up, don't shoot, Lemon struck out by trying to say context. A Link Daily Wire article quotes Jonathan Capert from the Washington Post as saying, quote, 
What DOJ found made me ill. Wilson knew about the theft of the cigarillos from the convenience store and had a description of the suspects. Brown fought with the officer and tried to take his gun. And the popular hands-up storyline, which isn't corroborated by ballistic and DNA evidence and multiple witness statements, was perpetuated by Witness 101, end quote. And finally, we are getting to the article that is the catalyst for this podcast episode. Jonathan Turley has an article titled, Companies Join Call to Suspend Advertising with Twitter. Mr. Turley refers to NPR and Media Matters who are saying that a number of companies are not advertising on Twitter as they consider changes that Twitter is making. In years past, when Twitter was censoring speech, companies did not withhold advertising. And let's face it, they were unevenly censoring speech on the right, not on the left. Now that Twitter is trying to be even-handed, companies are reconsidering their advertising dollars. And per Mr. Turley, but also as discussed in previous episodes, boycotting Twitter is something that the left has urged on advertisers. How on earth can companies boycott Twitter because they won't censor speech? And don't talk to me about misinformation or disinformation with the one-sided criteria currently used. If major companies boycott Twitter because they stop suppressing conservative views, then I need to start boycotting those companies, and so do other conservatives. We cannot accept this kind of system, but we have been. My preference is to muddle along with disagreements, a bit of acrimony, but all in one big tent. I think the only way for that to happen is if conservatives make it clear they are no longer willing to be treated like crap. Call bullshit when they are told, it wasn't what you said, it was the tone you used. Or your opinion triggered me. If being triggered is a real thing, then no one should be able to advocate a pro-choice position because I'm sure proposing the death of an unborn triggers pro-life people. But we are heading to a two-tent world. All right, I feel better. Thanks for letting me vent. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.